0: seems to be such a mess, but we want to thank you for the promise, and if we allow you to, if we invite you into our life, that you will transform us. And I pray for my friends here today that uh, if they don't fully understand that, that this morning they will understand that they want to make, that you want to make beautiful things out of their life. In Christ's name, amen. Well, welcome to our Easter celebration here. At Springbrook, I want to thank you for choosing to spend this Easter morning with us. I'm Dan Harrison. I'm the senior pastor. And we just want to thank you for being our guest today. And we hope you enjoy our time with us. This has been such a glorious weekend. And you talk about a couple of nights ago we were here uh, celebrating uh, Good Friday. Good Friday, remembering Jesus Christ's death. And now we're celebrating Easter. Jesus Christ, crucifixion. Let's give it up, all right? Yeah. All right. Jesus Christ is risen from the dead and he lives today. And when we talk about the death of Christ and the resurrection of Christ, we're really talking about the core of the gospel, the gospel. What's a gospel? Well, the gospel means good news. The good news about Jesus Christ that can transform our lives. Now, there's a lot of confusion out there about the gospel, exactly what it means. And so I'm just going to take this time up front to give you a clear explanation of the gospel so you understand what we believe here about what it means to experience the good news of Jesus Christ. We're going to look at a very well-known verse, the most well-known verse in Scripture, John 3.16, where it says, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Let's look at each phrase here. First of all, for God so loved the world. For God so loved the world. God loves you so much. God cares about you so much. Now, you might not believe that because of things you've been taught and experiences you've had, but He does. In fact, He created you to love you. He wants to have a daily relationship with you. But there's one problem that keeps people from that in the sense that we're born sinners. We are born rebellious. Uh, We have a natural orientation to do our own thing to rebel against God's law. So we're sinful, and God of course is holy. He's perfect and and he cannot have a relationship with a person who's sinful. But he loves us. So he has a solution for that. We see the next phrase, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Now why did he do that? Why did he send Jesus Christ down? In order to solve this problem in order that we might have peace with God. Right now we're we're you know, we're at enmity with God. There's a real problem there because we're sinful and he's not and, and therefore we can't know him, but he sent Jesus Christ to solve the problem. Because you see, in God's justice system there is a penalty for sin. If you go throughout your life without addressing Uh, who Jesus Christ is and accepting His free gift of salvation. The penalty of sin is eternal separation from God in hell. I know some of you don't believe that, but that's what it says in this book. This is pretty serious stuff we're talking about here. But God didn't want that because He loves you. So He sent Jesus Christ to this earth. Now, again, because he's a holy God, he just can't say, oh, what's the big deal? A little bit of sin. You know, we can forget about that. No, he's a perfect judge. He's totally holy. So somebody has to take the hit. Somebody has to pay the penalty. So he said, Jesus, I want you to pay the penalty." So Jesus came. The incarnation. God becoming man. Jesus, fully God and fully man, made him the perfect candidate to be our substitute. To pay the penalty that we deserve. Jesus Christ did. So Jesus Christ, He was fully man, which meant that He was our our representative. He was representing us. And for man's sin to be paid, He needed a man. So He lived a perfect life. There was no reason why He should have been penalized, but He was. And then on the other side of it, He was God, which meant He could live a perfect life. And He also, when He was on that cross... He bore the sins of your and I, yours and I life. And he bore that sin and he was able to absorb God's wrath because he was God himself. He could absorb God's wrath because what Jesus Christ experienced was the penalty that was equivalent to all mankind spending eternity separated from God. For all their past, present, and future sins. But in a a short period, because He was God, He was able to, again, absorb all that wrath, all that judgment of God. Because God hates sin. And Jesus Christ did that for us. He was our substitute. We We don't have to experience that penalty anymore because He provided a way of salvation from the wrath of God. So we go to the next phrase that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him, whoever believes in him. What does it mean to believe in him? Well, it means to put your trust in him. It means to believe that this is God's word, that this reflects who God is, the truth about God, the truth about this world, the truth about Jesus Christ as God, the truth about God. What I just shared with you, God's plan to bring you into relationship with Him. And if we believe in that, and if we choose to accept this free gift of salvation from the wrath of God, uh, we can become a Christ follower. The reason I use that word Christ follower is because the word Christian is so watered down and generic. I really mean Christian, but I want to define it a little more. Because people get confused. A lot of people think they're Christians that are not Christians. And once you get done listening to me talk about the gospel, you know what I mean by a Christ follower. But a person who follows Christ, a person who puts their faith, and it takes faith, right? Some people say, well, I won't become a Christ follower until it's laid out in front of me. I have all the evidence. Well, that's not going to happen. Everything in life, to a certain degree, takes faith. You've got to look at the, the evidence You've got to listen to the spirit in your heart. And at some point, you've got to take that jump and say, I believe, I believe, and I I am going to come uh, to God and I'm going to say, God, I believe that this this Bible is true. And what it reveals is that I am a sinner and I can't have a relationship with you. I, I deserve a penalty, but that your son, Jesus Christ, paid for that penalty on the cross. And so he was my substitute. And and you're giving me that free gift of salvation and I'm receiving it. I'm repenting. The idea of repenting is turning away from your sin, deciding to go in a different direction. You need to repent of your sin and you need to put your faith in God that Jesus Christ paid the penalty for your sin. And when you do that, when you ask him uh, to save you, uh, he will do that and you become part of the family of God at that moment. In the moment of prayer, and we'll talk about here in a moment, you can cross the line of faith. You can become a Christ follower. That's what it means. It talks about the fact that whoever believes in Him. But this is where so much confusion takes place when we come to the gospel. Because many people have grown up in churches that have said, "Okay, you've got to accept Jesus Christ. And I talk to people all the time. Oh, yeah, I accept the Christ. I accept Christ every day. And, and and but it's Jesus plus Jesus plus good works. Jesus plus good works. What the church has taught them is that, hey, listen, you've got to accept Jesus Christ and this free gift, but hey you gotta keep up you're into the bargain. You've got to prove yourself that you're worthy. It's kinda of like some of you are in professions where you have to take a yearly test or every five years to prove that you still can do your job because it's so important. Like pilots, they're constantly taking tests, commercial pilots, uh, to make sure that they're qualified to fly. They need to prove that they still have the knowledge and the ability to fly a plane. And we, we appreciate that, right? Because our lives are in their hands. But, but some people are taught, hey, you got to continue to prove to God That you're worthy of His love. What I typically ask people is, and I want you to think through this question, okay? If you were to die tonight, do you think you'd go to heaven? Take a moment to think about that, okay? If you were to die tonight, do you think you would go to heaven? And I have witnessed to many, many people about the love of Christ. And the majority of people will say, well, I hope so. <laughs> you know, I think so. I don't know. It's kind of presumptuous for me to say yes. You know, I, I mean, I've been a pretty good person. I've had a pretty good month. Uh, that counts for something. you know. I've been doing okay, and I haven't considered any major major sins. I mean, you know, the big ones like you hear about on TV, you know, news, and that's, not, that's not me. If they say anything like that, I know they don't understand the gospel. And I know probably they are not a Christ follower because they don't understand the gospel. Now, maybe they've been told that, but they're still trusting in their good works. They're still trying to earn or buy their relationship with God. And that's not the gospel. The gospel is Jesus plus nothing. Jesus plus nothing. You can do nothing before you become a Christ follower after you become a Christ follower to Come into relationship with Him. It's only what God does for you by you receiving this gift that He gives you. And so, if you, when I, when I ask that question, if you kind of, well, I'm not sure, and you, you know you have a works orientation, that works are part of the deal, but that's not the gospel. I would challenge you today to receive the gospel and say, Lord, I've been trusting in my good works, and that's wrong. That's not what the Word of God says. And I'm going to change that. I'm going to, I'm going to accept your free gift. Jesus plus nothing. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves. Not from anything you do. It's a gift of God. It's a gift. Not by work so that no one can boast. You can't boast about being a Christ follower. It's been given to you. Anybody can receive it who wants to receive it when I talk with people, usually it takes about 20 minutes of conversation going back and forth because they've grown up with this works orientation. And, of course, our society teaches us that we have to, you know, earn everything in life. And they just don't get it that God is just giving it away. That's what I want you to understand today, that God is giving it away. And all you have to do is accept it and uh, rejoice over it. Then the great news shall not perish but have eternal life. Shall not perish, but have eternal life. Oh, this is the good news, friends. This is the great news that God gives to us. Uh, It's my joy to be a pastor. It's my joy to be able to proclaim on a weekly basis this good news of Jesus Christ and talk, talk about how it relates to every area of our lives and how Jesus Christ wants this loving relationship uh, with us. It's tremendous news that I have been saved from the wrath of God. That Jesus Christ paid that penalty. And my eternity is going to be much different because of that. I'm going to spend eternity in heaven with God. And it's going to be a fascinating place. I mean, He created this world. You figure out... How messed up with sin it is and how much better the next world is going to be that he's going to create. I mean, he knows how to make us happy. (laughs) Okay, he knows how to bring joy in our lives. And so the next world is even going to be better. It's going to be upgraded without sin. That's where I want to be. Yeah. And so I just I mean, people are in so much pain today. People are Struggling. People are confused. Life is so hard. People are trying to figure out, what is this all about? You know, What am I doing? Where can I find satisfaction? And friends, the truth is found right here. It's found in Jesus Christ. There's no doubt about it that the truth sets you free. As Jesus Christ said. If you really want freedom... Embrace Jesus, and you'll experience life like you've never experienced before. I, I just wish that I would have time to unpack this for you. Just my my relationship with God. I think about this past week. You know, I I've been really joyful this past week. Just filled with joy and what God is doing in my life. And and I go to Him and I share that with Him. And I really have been frustrated this past week. <laughs> I've been overwhelmed this past week, but, but every time I can go to God and say, "Lord, this is where I'm at. can you help me? Can you guide me?" And at the same time, I'm asking him, "What do you want me to do? I mean, He is my Lord, He runs my life. Uh, I continue to give more and more of my life over to him as he exposes things that he's not in control of, and it i I just can't um properly put into words what it means to know Jesus. Not just the fact that I'm going to heaven, but that I walk with Him day by day and that He empowers me. That He helps me. He helps me to cope with the challenges that I have. When you become a Christ follower, it doesn't mean all your problems are going to disappear, but you're going to have this supernatural power to deal with issues in life. Ephesians 1, 19 and 20 says, and His incomparably great power for us who believe. For those who believe Become Christ followers. He's got great power to download into your life on a daily basis. That power is like the working of His mighty strength, which He exerted in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at the right hand of the heavenly realms. So what's being said here is that the power of God, the power that that brought Jesus Christ back from the dead, That same resurrection power that we celebrate today can be available to you on a daily basis to deal with helping you cope with your boss, to to helping uh, with a sinful pattern in your life. Helping you have a supernatural peace. That's the power we're talking about. And I tell you what, I need that power on a daily basis. We're going to be talking a lot about marriage in the next uh, six weeks. We had a... Uh, Revisioning of our ministry here just recently and we called it heart strong And i'll share a little more about that later, but part of it is really Helping people to understand how god can deliver power into your marriage In fact, we're going to start a series next week Uh, For the next six weeks. We're going to be talking about the art of marriage and this friday We're going to have an art of marriage seminar a video seminar and we would love to have you here seven to 9.30 on Friday night and then 9 to 4 on Saturday. And uh, only $40 and $5 per child. Uh, This particular pamphlet here, you can take a look at it, uh, is the one that uh, tells you all the details. But friends, you know, if you want to improve your marriage, and we can all improve our marriages, or maybe you're struggling in your marriage, this is a tremendous gift. Clear the calendar to make this a priority in your life. So we're going to talk about it through the seminar, and then we're going to have a series, a six-week series that I'll do on those same topics. And then we'll have marriage small groups for those who are interested. And I just want to encourage you to come out, to keep coming out, to keep exploring what Jesus Christ can do in your life and how He can transform your life and how you can experience life as He intended it. We're so committed to marriage and family. Another thing that's coming up that I really want to encourage you in is this particular insert in your program. When you think about young ladies, uh, junior high and senior high ladies, uh, girls who uh, are under so much pressure these days uh, in regards to how they look, uh, their sexuality. Uh, Again, we're having a purity retreat uh, for the high schoolers and something similar a junior high girl slumber party. And if you have children this age, they need this. They need this. They need to understand the power of God and how it can help them say no to a world that says, give your body away. That's a normal thing to do. No, it's not the normal thing to do. It's a devastating thing to do. They can create all kinds of pain. And we're here to support you in that. Emily Phillips is the one who leads us and champions it. And I'm so thankful for her and... Uh, again, uh, check out the information. Go on the web. Again, every every week here, friends, we're telling you about how God's power can make a difference in your life and how you can cultivate a relationship with Him that honors Him. And, and so, I encourage you. If you've been spotty in your attendance, I encourage you to say, "Okay." I mean, this next series, I'm gonna I'm gonna embrace and and, and you say, "Well, I'm not married." Well. I, Okay, well, there's a lot of things you can learn through a marriage series because it's a lot about relationships, relational dynamics, and therefore, you have relationships and you can learn things in that way. And I tell you what, there's always people who need relational counseling, right? your relatives, your friends, and so you can come out and learn about marriage. you maybe say, "I'm never getting married again." <laughs> but you can learn about marriage, so you can help your your married friends, right? Uh, So I encourage you uh, to be with us for that important time. So uh, that's the gospel, friends. And it's all kind of summed up here. If you want to make that decision to cross the line of faith, uh, we look in uh, this uh, particular prayer. It says, Lord Jesus Christ. And this is the salvation prayer uh, that includes the thing we've talked about. I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong in my life. I ask your forgiveness and now turn uh, from everything which I know is wrong. Thank you for dying on the cross. For me to set me free from my sins, please come into my life and fill me with your Holy Spirit and be with me forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. That's the prayer that you'll pray. In fact, we'll give you an opportunity later in the service uh, to pray this prayer if you're ready to say that prayer. Because you see, everybody's at a different place on your spiritual journey. And one thing I really would like to accomplish by the time we're done here is for you to identify where are you on your spiritual journey. So take out uh, this particular pamphlet uh, that's in your program. It's called Your Spiritual Journey, A Personal Guide. And we're just going to quickly step through this. And I want you to think about, OK, where do I fit on this particular continuum? Uh, now, I don't know why you're here today. Some of you are regular attenders. Uh, some of you are, were brought by uh, relatives. You're in town this weekend celebrating uh, the Easter holiday. and It's great to have you. Uh, others of you maybe drove by and were just curious and uh, saw us on the web, whatever. Great to have you! And I know some of you were coerced to come. The hand behind the back. Okay, <laughs> you're coming to Easter. Okay, okay. One service a year. <laughs> so you're under here. You're here under duress. <laughs> But I'm glad you're here. I'm so thankful uh, that you came and you honored your family in that way, their wishes. And uh, thank you for coming. I appreciate that. Uh, and uh, we want, want to step through this. And so wherever you might be, just identify yourself. The first thing is not interested. Maybe you're not aware. Uh, you are aware of that is, but not interested. And you're saying, hey, it's okay for you, but it's not for me. Many misconceptions of Christianity, negative view of Christianity and religion, believe all religions are the same, have an indifferent attitude towards spiritual issues. Does that describe you? You just don't care about Jesus Christ. You're indifferent. You say, whatever. Well, I'm so glad you came. And all I I want to say is, based on the information I shared with you, Jesus Christ made some pretty specific claims and you cannot ignore Jesus Christ. You're going to make a decision about Jesus Christ before you die. And if you choose to not make any decision, well, that counts as a decision against Christ. So from the love of my heart, I would encourage you to check out Jesus. You just can't ignore him. It's, you can't afford to ignore him. All right. So maybe that's where you're, you fit. Okay? The second description, Curiously Seeking. You realize there's more to life than what they've, you've already experienced. If something is missing. Uh, you attend Christian events out of curiosity, not because of need. You still struggle with negative image of Christianity. You've known a lot of Christians, and you've known some real jerks who are Christians. <laughs> You're saying, that's a Christian. I don't have anything to do with it. Well, yeah, there are a lot of Christian jerks. But, uh, again, you've got to look at Jesus and not uh, sinful people like ourselves. Uh, questioning the belief that all religions lead to the same God. It's a prevailing belief in the U.S., right? Hey, live and let live. Everybody is going to a good place. Well, that's not what the Bible teaches. So you're questioning it. Do you fit there? Again, by the end, I want you someplace on this continuum. Are you curiously seeking? Or maybe you're searching assertively. You've made a decision, hey, I'm going to check out the claims of Christ, taking positive steps to find needed answers, intellectually believe in God. Beginning to grasp the implications of Christ's claim. You just can't call Jesus a good teacher. Many religions do. Many people do. Say, well, was Jesus? Oh, He was a great teacher. Well, He, he was more than a, a great teacher. Jesus Christ said, I am God. If I stood up here on Easter morning, and then I said, I just want to let you know, you've come to a very special church. Because I, the pastor, am God. I would assume that some of you might leave right away. <laughs> And you're thinking, this guy is loony. <laughs> this guy, I've got a good story to share, right? This guy's a liar. This is a cult. He's manipulating people, all those different types of things. Or if you're really not in sync with the world, you, you would think I'm right. <laughs> right? Well, that's what Jesus said. He got up in front of a bunch of people. Many times he said, I am God. Well, friends, you've got to come to grips with the fact, was he a liar? Was he a lunatic? Or he was, was he the Lord God? You've got to come up with a decision. Okay? Because if you think he's God, then you've got to follow the gospel message if you want to spend eternity with him. Understand the difference between Christianity and religion. Understand that Christianity is a real personal relationship. Christianity is so unique. Among all the world religions, all based on grace and love, you don't find that anyplace else, uh, struggles with intellectualizing Christianity. so you understand it and you can think through it, but you really haven't emotionally bought in. Now if you are in that particular uh, um, category, uh, you know you're close to making a decision if you choose to. And that gets us to our next uh, level, and that is faith commitment. Uh, You realize that you're powerless to achieve God's forgiveness. Uh, You believe that Jesus is God and has received him as a risen Lord and Savior. You've made a decision to turn your life and will over to the care and control of Jesus. Those are the things we talked about with the gospel, right? So you've made a faith commitment recently. Maybe in the last year you've made a faith commitment, like Gerald Crone. He just made a faith commitment. He was on the video uh, a couple months ago. Rejoice over Gerald's uh, decision. Uh, now, um, uh, you go on to the next portion and uh, experiencing new life. Does this describe you? So now we're talking about Christ followers. So those of you who are Christ followers, take a close look. You've entered into a mentoring relationship uh, with an, another follower. So somebody's helping you grow. You grasp the meaning of the gospel and the core elements of following Jesus. Uh, you share Christ naturally. You're just so excited. You just got to tell people struggle with changing value system and assurance of salvation. So you start to understand God's word and say, whoa, there's a lot of things that I have to, you know, uh, do differently uh, in my life. Uh, Then the next stage of a growing Christian is growing in community. You grow in intimacy with God through prayer and Bible study. Uh, You're getting to know him daily by doing those things. Uh, you have a deepening relationship with other followers in a local church. You said, hey, I've got to be in church. I've got to be growing. I've got to be worshiping God with others. Uh, you come under the authority of biblical values. You experience freedom from self-defeating habits. And you discover that not all Christians are growing. And that is so true. There should be another category here, really, and that's, that would be stagnation. Stagnation. Where a person has discovered this tremendous gift of the gospel and they've received this gift. And yes, they are part of the family of God. They are part of the family of God. And they start to grow. But for some reason, they just kind of drift. They drift and they go into their old rebellious ways. Now, again, if they truly made the decision to follow Christ, they're not going to lose their salvation because it's not based upon their good works. Remember the prodigal son? You know, he went away, spent all his dad's money and. The father just accepted him back because, friends, we have a relationship with God. Once we become a Christ follower, we're part of the family. Nothing is changing that. But, yeah, we can drift away from God. And some of you have buried the gift of the gospel that God has given you. Uh, the week before last, of course, we had the mega-million fever going on here uh, in the U.S., 750 million dollars. Something like that. $750 million. And people were going crazy. Well, three winners, right? You had uh, one in Illinois and Maryland and Kansas. In fact, one lady in Maryland said she won, but she lost a ticket. Yeah, right. Okay. All right. Well, let's say that you won a lottery. All right. So you got $218. Well, who knows? Maybe $150 million after taxes. Less than that. I'm not sure. But you've got a lot of money. All right. And what you decide to do is you're going to bury it. Right. in the middle of the night you get out there and you bury all this cash. okay big box of cash, all right Now how stupid is that? That's really stupid, right? I mean spend it on yourself. Enjoy yourself, you know and then spend it on other people. Well friends, I tell you what, those of you who know Jesus Christ, those of you who've experienced the transforming power of the gospel, And for whatever reason, you're in rebellion. For whatever reason, you're going on your own journey. It's like you've taken the treasure of the Gospel, which is much more valuable than $218 million, and you buried it. And you're not experiencing the joy of the Gospel. You're not helping other people to experience the joy of the Gospel. And friends, if you're in that category, you need to repent. You need to go... Go home and get down on your knees this afternoon alone with God and say, God, I'm so stupid. I'm so sinful. Please, please forgive me. And of course, he already has forgiven you, right? You just claim that forgiveness and you think, oh, I'm just so far gone. You're never so far gone. God loves you tremendously. Remember the prodigal son? And he'll show you tremendous grace. And he says, yeah, I know you got away from me, son or daughter. And I know, yeah, you made quite a mess of things. But we're going to rebuild this together because that grace continues to flow. Isn't that beautiful? All right. And finally, making an impact, reproducing, craves intimacy with God through prayer and Bible study, shares their faith effectively, mentors other spirits, and gives generously and understands the centrality of the gospel in their lives. This is a very powerful tool, this pamphlet. And uh, again, I want you to think about where are you on this continuum? And I would encourage you as a husband and wife to sit down uh, this afternoon and just kind of discuss this. And just go, well, where are you at? You know, just be honest with each other, be transparent and accept the person for where they're at. And I love this question that they have in the back. Uh, where are you now on your spiritual journey? Where would you like to be on your spiritual journey in six months to a year? You got, got to realize that spiritual journeys are, are very, very slow. Uh, sometimes very slow. In fact, I want to give you an illustration of that. We're going to have Jeremy and Lettery, Lydia Mungin come out, and uh, they've been uh, kind enough to come and tell us about their spiritual journey. Thanks, guys, so much for coming out and. Uh, sharing with us. Um, Luddy, tell me a little bit about your spiritual background.
1: Um, I grew up in the Catholic Church and went to church regularly with my family, went to Sunday school, made all my sacraments, um, but I never really read the Bible and never really fully understood what it meant to follow Jesus. All
2: right. Jeremy, how about you? I went to church as a child with my uncles. Um, My parents never joined us in church. The only time they would go was on the holidays. Uh, When I was 10 years old, we moved away, and I never really went to church anymore after that except for the holidays. And I never furthered my relationship with God.
0: All
1: right.
2: And, Luddy, how did you learn about
0: uh, our ministry here?
1: Um, Well... Although we got married in the church, um, Jeremy still continued not to attend except for the holidays. And so um, I raised the children and took them to church, and um, they went to their Sunday school and made their communion. And right about when they got to their, like, preteen years, uh, they started to get a little rebellious. And why did they have to go to church? Dad didn't go to church. And so it just became a battle, and eventually we just kind of grew away from the church. we all stopped kind of going except for the holidays Um, and then um, more and more challenges came as they grew into the real teenage years and I got a postcard in the mail from Springbrook and it said that you were going to be doing a um, like a month-long study on how to talk to your teens and it was what I needed at the time so I came that's fine And I really enjoyed it. It was very welcoming. And I loved the music. And um, I didn't start coming regularly. But um, every time we hit some kind of a bump in the road or I just needed some uplifting, I would return and come. Um, The tension of raising teenagers caused tension in our marriage. And it became very difficult. And we started to grow apart as well. And so I knew that I wanted jesus to be part of that and i invited jeremy to come to springbrook
0: right, so that's interesting you're curiously seeking you just come out once in a while when you needed a you know uh, uh, a motivational you know, <laughs> message from the word of god right a lot of people are like that so it was, i think it was about 2008 when you first came here okay and uh was a need in your life and then you come once in a while and but then you had a real need in your life with your marriage which we all go through right and uh so jeremy tell me about uh, that
2: well, as my wife said, we were having marriage problems. In uh, October of 2009, she asked me to come to Springbrook with her. I did. And it's the first time going to church that listening listened to Pastor Dan speak that I was able to understand the Lord's Scripture. And it really made a change in my life. I started to come to Springbrook on a more regular basis at that time. And in uh, November of 2009, I made my commitment to become a Christian follower, and uh, accepted the Lord Jesus as my uh, Savior. Sorry, I'm not losing my mind here, but it's been a changing experience since then. It's, it's helped me through my marriage. It's helped me with uh, raising my kids, dealing with my kids. It's also helped me with personal issues of anger management and uh, other things in my life since I've been coming to Springbrook.
0: And, uh, it's interesting that Letty came in 2008 and then invited Jeremy in 2009, and he made a decision just like that to follow Jesus. But Letty still hadn't made that decision. So tell us about that, Letty.
1: Um Yeah, I had been coming longer, but um, to me making that commitment meant that somehow I was a good christian and i did all these you know really good works and somehow i had to qualify for that relationship and
0: you're kind of just waiting to be good enough right yeah i had to be good enough
1: and um but we you know continued our journey kept coming to springbrook we joined a small group this actually just this past fall and met some wonderful people and um, i did my first serve with the decoration team and really enjoyed it and um, and then just recently we did the Heart Strong small group with Pastor Rich, and, um, he, you know, we were done with our small group at the end, and he was greeting people, and he came up to us and kind of asked us about that, and Jeremy proudly said he had made his commitment, and I sheepishly said, no, I still had not made that commitment, and, and kind of explained to him, um, you know, my reasoning and my thinking, and, again, he really clarified that message and really just, it, that night, it just touched me, and, and I finally understood it wasn't about what I did. Um, it was about what Jesus had done for us. And so I made my commitment. All, all right. You.
0: Amen. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing with us. And she she came. I mean, obviously, your, your, your whole life is a spiritual journey, right? From when you went to the church and you learned things. You went to a clubs for a couple of years back there. I remember that. So God is continually speaking to you uh, throughout your life. And uh, here we hear the unique story of Jeremy and Letty and how she came to our church in 2008. And it wasn't until just two weeks ago that she made that decision. And that's the point here is that Springbrook's a safe place to pursue God and to explore God. And, And maybe you just come on the holidays and that's where you're at. Okay, well, you know, my heart says, oh, please, you know. Come more often and we'd love to, you know, let you know about the love of God more. But again, seek God out. That's, that's all I ask is take the next step like Letty and Jeremy did. They, they kept taking the next step. And I'm so excited for Letty and Jeremy and getting to know them better as they move into the future. Because we're going to see all kinds of changes uh, continually happen in our lives as with every person who follows uh, Jesus Christ as their personal Savior and Lord. So thanks, guys, so much for coming out, being so brave to share. One of these people. I love you so much. Yeah. Well, friends, uh, just as we close here, I do want to give those people, again, just if you're ready. Uh, we don't force people in any way, but we do encourage. <laughs> we see the prayer here again. Uh, if you say uh, that during this service, God really has spoken to me and today is a day, just like Letty decided two weeks ago and. Uh, Gerald decided a couple uh, months ago after a very interesting background of being in the Philippines, Buddhism, Taoism, and then got involved in the wrong crowd, drug dealers and thieves, and finally ran into Jonah and made that decision to follow Christ. Everybody has a different journey. But maybe today is a day that God is calling you to himself. So what we're going to do is I'm just going to read through this prayer, and you can read through it silently and... Uh, uh, If you're ready for this, I would encourage you to cross the line of faith and put your faith totally in Him, not in what you can do. Let me read this out loud, and you can read it silently. Lord Jesus Christ, I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong in my life. I ask your forgiveness, and now turn everything which I know is wrong. Turn from everything which I know is wrong. Thank you for dying on the cross for me to set me free from my sins. Please come into my life and fill me with your Holy Spirit and be with me forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Dear Heavenly Father, I just rejoice with those who've made that decision today. I just am overwhelmed with the fact that I know that people have come into your kingdom, have become Christ followers, and oh, what the joys that await them. I pray you encourage them. I pray they'll reach out to others and tell them about their decision and that they would, uh, again, uh, grow uh, in the grace that you offer and that they would experience this wonderful life uh, that you uh, have uh, for them. In Christ's name, amen. Hey, listen, I'd like you to take your programs out.